Hi, I'm Kenzie Fell, producer and co-host of McGowan Braybender's podcast channel, Side Effects. Today, we welcome back a friend to McGowan Braybender who was a guest on our show a few months ago. Christy Dinsmore is an organizational consultant and coach who specializes in leadership development, talent management, and succession planning. Lately, she has been advising leaders and companies on how to manage the largest generation in the United States labor force, millennials, and drive profitable growth. Previously, we discussed how millennials are impacting the workplace and why developing millennials and their older siblings, Generation X, is so important. Today, we will be discussing the topic of entitlement, an issue that is impacting organizations and our culture in general, specifically how it's not just about millennials, but how an entitlement mentality is impacting our society in general. We are intrigued to dive deeper into this topic. Without further delay, Christy Dinsmore. I'm Scott McGowan. I'm Kenzie Fell. And I'm Anne-Marie Singleton. Now, I think even for our listeners, too, I think what's important is um, we might be right, we might be wrong, but one thing is we're not afraid. Our goal is to get you to think about things a little differently. And we're unscripted. We just have free reign for 20 minutes. Welcome to Side Effects with an A. Kenzie, welcome. Hi, Scott. How are you today? Great. And we have uh, a guest, Christy. Thanks for coming back. Always for Mago and Braybender. Yeah, and yes. this is this is an interesting topic, and hopefully we can help our listeners maybe just think differently about this big word called entitlement. And to make sure that it's not glued to millennials in that generation, it's impacting all of us. Amen. <laughs> yeah, because I think the mindset is normally it's somebody else's problem, and I think what you're going to help us understand mm-hmm. It's everyone's problem. And everyone is feeling very entitled. It's really negatively impacting our society, and it's creating so much anger right now. And we're seeing it come out in social media, in society in general. And so we have to address this. And organizations have to address Mm -hmm. it too. So jumping right in, how is entitlement a problem in today's world? Why are we talking about this? Um, It's interesting, just within the last few months, we've had some historical anniversaries, the anniversary of D-Day, 75th anniversary, the 50th anniversary of the Apollo landing, and there's all this nostalgia for that time where everybody pulled together, we were all moving towards one goal. Now we're in a situation where it's really become about the individual and not about society in general. So entitlement's really coming up because we're hearing... All these things like the college scandal where, you know, parents were trying to get their kids into colleges, you know, behind the scenes and illegally and paying for that as opposed to their child earning it. We're also having employees in in companies that are saying, I want, I deserve, I need. But it's not just millennials. It's a lot of people. So this is coming up a lot with my clients of, oh, my gosh, everyone feels entitled. What do we do about this? Do entitlement programs mess with people's minds? So it's a lot of times people will say entitlement. Mm-hmm. They'll think of entitlement programs mm-hmm. So versus the term entitlement. Does that, does that confuse people? I think it does a little bit when you use that piece about entitlement programs. But think about what those programs were originally created to do was to stop 
the problems of poverty um, and having children that were raised in environments that weren't going to maximize their talents. And then suddenly we called it an entitlement. Mm -hmm. And what that tells us is, well, I'm owed it. Entitlement, just by its nature, talks about I'm entitled to that. It's interesting if you look at the Declaration of Independence, it says, you know, um, we hold these truths to be a self-evident that all men are created equal, endowed with rights, um, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It's not about you're entitled to happiness. It's about the pursuit. So what's changed in our society that's causing people to believe, I don't really have to work for it anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm entitled to it. I should have it just because I'm here. So kind of looking at some of the things that have driven that, we have a consumer in, uh, economy right now. Mm-hmm. Everything is about the consumer spending. We used to have more of a manufacturing economy where it was about making things that we were selling all over the world. Now, a lot of it is restaurants. A lot of it is entertainment. People believing I should be able to go out and spend my money doing this. What's kind of frightening is the consumer debt is now getting up to where it was right before that last great recession back in 2008. Oh yeah. Well, I was just traveling this past weekend and I I've traveled a lot in my 25 years of life, but I feel like the airports are so crowded. Everyone's traveling. The mm-hmm. the cheaper flights are so available now. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of feel like you have the right to fly wherever you want now. It's not like you pack up in the car and do your road trips anymore. It's I'm going to fly to Chicago because it's much easier. It's affordable. And I want to go. So it's just crazy to think like how even in the last 10 years that's changed so much. Well, and Scott, you and I can think back to you didn't think about when you were in your 20s that you were going to go to Europe or (laughs) go to South America Mm -hmm. or go to Asia and just hop on a plane. That was a big trip that, you know, most times you thought, well, I'll do that when I'm retired or when I have more money. It's wonderful that we're traveling the world and we're meeting different people and experiencing different cultures. I think... That's creating a big piece of diversity and welcoming diversity. And it's really enriched our country, food, music, arts, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. But it's, wow, I should be able to do this in my 20s as mm-hmm. opposed to waiting. You know what's interesting? You bring it up and you bring up flight, which is really interesting. Because when I go there, I'll look at, okay, what zone am I in? So mm-hmm. I can check in and spend $15, which I'm not going to pay for. <laughs> To go to zone one to get on first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I sit there and it's, well, okay, if, if I'm a platinum member, I get on first. If I'm, and then there's new colors, like mm-hmm. I'm just picking oh, one, yeah. aqua. <laughs> you know, and all of a sudden I'm like, holy cow, like, can we just get on the plane? Mm-hmm. Well, but if anybody has traveled recently, they're trying to make those lines because people are just swarming to, la- to get on board. Oh. As opposed to saying, Oh, you know, I'll wait, I'll wait in line, I'll, you know, I'll be patient. It's everyone wants to be on first. And I always say, the plane is not leaving until everybody's on board. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a fight to the death to get in line. And mm-hmm. you don't, like families will try to cut you and you're like, go ahead. Like mm-hmm. we're all going the same place. We'll get there at the same time. Well, I say that because it's a great marketing strategy. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's yeah. almost like when you didn't have to pay for bags, mm-hmm. you pay for bags. I mean, one of the biggest profit centers inside of the air airline industry is the fact that they charge you for bags. So they're going to charge me 20 bucks for six extra inches Mm -hmm. for, for my feet. 
and a fast pass to get on the plane. It, it it's just a it it's a mindset. It's and marketing plays a social media mm-hmm. plays a big role. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you look at marketing, one of the things that sets my hair on fire was when I hear a marketer say, "You deserve." Not yeah. you can afford, not this will help your life, but you deserve this. And when you look at the commercial, it's definitely something that they don't necessarily deserve at that time. But we keep hearing that. And when that goes into people's minds, I don't care what age you are, you start to say, you're right, I do. I deserve six more inches. I deserve, you know, I fly a lot. I deserve to get on the plane before everyone else does. Oh, yeah. I deserve to have the overhead bin all to myself and put my things in there. So that's really a problem. Um, We also have things where the message is going out, um, we're going to eliminate your credit card debt. That'd be nice. (laughs) When I grew up, that was something that you absolutely did. If you were in debt, you paid off your debt. That was Mm -hmm. a sense of honor. It was a sense of, you know, your moral compass. But now it's, well, we'll just reduce that. That That can just go away. Or even more frightening, we have politicians that are saying, well, we're going to forgive all of your college debt. Now, as somebody who paid all my debt in full on time, that's that not super me. fair to you, you that's know? That's not super fair. But when you're getting something in return, why would you assume that you would not have to pay for it? Mm-hmm. And that's an entitlement mentality that I should have this even if I can't afford it. Exactly. And you bring up a good point. I mean, one thing is, is like, so we bring up this word and people mm-hmm. say millennials and we said, hey, that wasn't, you know, we're mm-hmm. not talking about millennials because mm-hmm. I'm Gen X. So we're really mm-hmm. close to a baby, baby boomer. Mm-hmm. Same here. But the fact of the matter is, um, like, we play a big part in this mentality, our mindset. Yeah. How does the Gen X play a part? Well, if you think back historically, You had that World War II situation where everybody was bought in. We were all, you know, supporting the troops, supporting victory, you know, sacrificing wherever it could. Once that ended and we won, there was this consumer boom of pent-up demand from the war and from the Great Depression. So our parents were the ones that said, we're going to go do things. We're going to make sure we're going to take care of our kids. We've gone through this terrible time. And they raised us much more um, lavishly, even though it was probably a small house, Scott, that you were living in at the time, much more lavishly than they were raised because they wanted to celebrate and take care of their kids. Right. That set in our minds an, an attitude of that's what we should continue to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you think about the 60s, um, you know, Vietnam was still a war that there was a draft. But you now hear about a lot of people who are getting their sons out of having to to go fight. Right. So it wasn't we're all in anymore. It's, well, my kids deserve to not have to go. That's a huge change from that greatest generation. Parenting is a, has a major role mm-hmm. in entitlement through all of the ages. Mm-hmm. I think about grandpa grandparents a lot, too, because... Um, I know we've talked about this, Scott, how why couldn't you have your grandchildren first? Because you get to spoil them. And, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but, yeah, they, they, now they, is the time they think, let me take care of my grandkid and give them everything they want. And you do. You look, you go into these houses, and all of a sudden the entire living room is toys. Yeah. And more toys and more toys and more toys. That's hard to back off from. 
because you want to make them happy. You want to have that joy. But what are we creating in those kids? They're not having to work for things the way that they used to. And so it's not a millennial thing. It's we're, we're doing it. Grandparents are doing it. So the boomers are doing it. Mm-hmm. So when you talk to your customers, mm-hmm. right, your, your clients, and you talk to employers, and they say, this is a big problem. Mm-hmm. What, what, like, what do you hear when you hear those comments? Like, this is a problem. They, um, they talk about employees of all ages come in, and they want the pay that they've heard about that's on the coasts, the East Coast or the West Coast. Now, we're in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. Cost of living is not quite that high, but they say, well, this is what this job is going for. One of the biggest ones, though, is the I should have freedom of my schedule. Why do I have to be in here at 730 or 8 o'clock? And please do not be in the parking lot when it's 5 p.m. because it's like a, you know, derby of all the cars coming out of the parking lot at the same time you will get hit Mm -hmm. and they're looking they're saying you're salaried why are you acting like you're hourly Mm -hmm. and so they're feeling like okay we're not getting the work that we believe we're paying for on the other hand every age group in my clients people are saying i don't want to stay late Mm -hmm. i don't want to have to work on the weekends I want to go and have a life. So this is really hard for organizations because those of us sitting here right now, we could raise our hands and say, I'd like a life too. But we have organizations that are designed to help customers and customers are 24-7. So that's a real, real issue that we're going to have to deal with within organizations. Um, Organizations have really done a very poor job and and quite a few of them, probably not everyone, but explaining to their employees everything they provide for them. Oh, for sure. I mean, one of the big ones is medical insurance. That so many employees don't realize that their companies are paying the largest portion of that actual premium cost. They think, oh, my insurance costs X. No, it costs X times 10 probably. Well, I I liked your example that you um, talked about John Patterson. If you want to go into depth Mm -hmm. about that and how he's the perfect example of this situation so well there's a lot of negativity towards capitalism right now which capitalism is simply someone is using their money to create something they're taking risk and they expect to get some kind of reward well in the Dayton area NCR John Patterson he really was the father of human resources and employee benefits now he did this because he wanted his employees to be the best they possibly could be so that there weren't defects the customer was taking care of. Mm-hmm. But what was interesting in doing some research on him, um, you would expect, I mean, the founder of NCR. To be ex- wealthy. Yeah, yeah. To have, when he passed away, that he would have left an estate, that he have left a lot of money. That wasn't true. Mm-hmm. He had actually invested his wealth in creating benefits for his employees. Amazing. Amazing. But we don't know that. Yeah, Dale Carnegie has a quote, and you know he sold uh, Carnegie Steel for $400 million in like 19, like 13. Ooh, wow. But he says that uh, he who dies uh, a rich man is a poor man. Mm-hmm. And so you think of Carnegie Mellon, you think of all that. And you're exactly right in regards to capitalism that, mm-hmm. um, unfortunately, it's, you know, it's a four-letter word um, today in a lot mm-hmm. of people's eyes. And, 
it's it's uh, it's not fair, uh, and and it's not true. There are a lot of risk takers out there that supply a lot of jobs. Mm-hmm. Yes, that um, their their homes are on the line. They hold all the risk. Uh, they reap the reward, but the majority of them do not fill their trunks full of money and drive home and put it in their house. What they do is they reinvest it back in more employees and more jobs. And now, of course, there are some that are c- kind of the shenanigans of all that. Mm-hmm. But for some of us, we watch that and you say, well, you know, I deserve that, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. And uh, sometimes it's just like you got to earn your stripes. <laughs> like you got to work. Well, a lot of companies you'll have, if it's, a, you know, a family-owned, you know, a, a company that's not public with shareholders but actually has, you know, investors, the employees that are management become very angry because they're like, why does the senior person, you know, end up with more money than I do? I said, because they put their money in and they put it at risk. I can't name names, but during that last recession, I do have clients that used their money to pay payroll when wow. the sales weren't coming in because mm-hmm. they were taking care of their employees. Unfortunately, I can't name the names of the companies, but they haven't even told their own employees that. Mm-hmm. So by not educating people about the cost of business and the investment in the welfare of those employees, which is what John Patterson did, when we're not educating and talking about that investment, we're the ones that are creating these employees, these citizens who truly feel entitled. They just think that this is going to happen. There's no investment being made in them. And that brings us to a topic, too, of, like, gratitude. And mm-hmm. how, how do you express that? How do you even know that they're investing into you? And mm-hmm. how do you learn gratitude? Well, you can't be grateful for something that you don't know you're really getting. Right. I had an individual, a very, very smart young man, and he was very angry because his health premium had gone up. And it had gone up a minuscule amount. And you all would know probably better than anyone at McGo and Braybender about what health care costs. And he was very upset. And I said, well, you do understand that you're not paying the majority of that premium. And he said, well, yes, I do. I pay it every month. I said, no, there's a portion that the company is paying. I mean, a family plan for insurance runs somewhere between twenty to $25,000 a year. That employee was not paying that money. Yeah, mm-hmm. we, we find that a lot. You know, it's mm-hmm. funny. I told my dad a long time ago, I walked into his office. I said, hey, this isn't fair. I'm on commission. You mm-hmm. take the largest part of it, and then I have to pay the government like 35%. And he said this, and I love this because <laughs> I needed to hear this. He goes, look, I got a solution for you. I go, what's that? And he goes, just don't sell anything. You don't have to pay taxes. <laughs> you don't have to split. <laughs> it was like, you know, it was like That's jackpot. Patism for you. Exactly. Yeah. Just drop the bomb. So you talk about other things like in regards. I love even one of the things that on here and you were talking about people borrowing like Netflix passwords and Apple iTunes passwords. And the fact that um, some of us feel like, no, 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 no. Like I paid for that. Like mm-hmm. I'm not allowed to share that. And no, I wouldn't borrow your password. So wh- where, where does that come from? We, when the internet came out, the internet is a wonderful thing. I mean, I was this morning looking up some quotes and, and that sort of thing, but we believe that the internet is free now. And so when companies, news organizations, newspapers started to put things online, <coughs> they didn't charge for it. Mm-hmm. They thought it was going to drive people to buy more papers, buy more magazines. That's not what happened. So we've created a world 
where information is free. Could you imagine if you had to pay to Google something? I would have no money and I would know nothing. (laughs) But you have organizations, if you go to CNN, yeah, there's some ads at the side, but you don't really pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. They're pulling all that news from other organizations. And so now you have things like the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times that are being approached by um, companies to say, why don't you just do the news gathering and we'll pay you for it? Right. So that they can have the most content. But we believe, oh, like who reads a paper paper anymore? We just pull it up online, yeah. but we're not really paying for it. And I don't think I don't think a lot of people, and I know we, we kind of have to move on to what, what are the solutions are, but... I, I don't think a lot of people understand, like, we are, it's free, but we are paying something. We are leaving our DNA trail mm-hmm. everywhere we go. Mm-hmm. And that's the asset they get. And it is a huge asset. It's not free. Well, and it, and it perpetuates the problem mm-hmm. because the more they know, you know, if Kinsey looks at something online, they're gathering data. And so they're going to send more ads to her about those items. And one of them, she's going to go, you know what? I really do want that. Yep. You know, you have things people might be looking at cars. And so they're going to send ads for that. Then they're going to start to send, you know, do you want a loan? I'm shocked that loans now go out to 72 months. Yeah. When I read that stat, I was like, there's no way you'd want to pay six years because mm-hmm. you j- you don't you can't afford it. Why would you do that? But it's an option now. So. But I deserve it. Mm-hmm. And so now, and now the cars have all these safety things and the cars are just more expensive. So they've gotten smart. They don't show you the lowest model. Right. But people want that vehicle. They want it to look good. And we kind of push that all off. What I'm really worried about is are people saving? But no, Should I mean, be. the economy is going to be continuing to go well, which it will for a while. We have a lot of good things in our economy, but you know, that, I deserve to have this. I deserve to have a $5 cup of coffee every morning. You know, so this is what's coming into our organizations every day. This is the people that we're meeting on the street, or I should say the people that are almost running us over because they're running red lights because they believe I shouldn't have to stop. You know, my, my task, my errand, my appointment is more important than yours. Mm-hmm. And your safety. Yeah. yeah. And then come on, we can all raise our hands, that sign along the side of the highway that has a number on it, it's not a suggestion. It's a recommendation. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> it's a law. Yeah. But, but we all do this, and, and it's just, it's eroding our sense of civic duty. What is fascinating here in Dayton is we've had the tornadoes, we had the tragic shooting in the Oregon District, But what it did is it brought this community together. Mm -hmm. And you're seeing people really sacrifice for others. And that's really where we're going to start to get that energy back of, I want to continue to do that. I want to continue to sacrifice. It's not about me and what I want. It's are we taking care of other people? Yeah, I think what's interesting, too. So you say the word entitlement, and I replace it with the word ignorance. And I've heard the word ignorance is defined as ignorance is not the absence of information. It's the perception. You have it. Ooh. So, there's a, so when you talk about solutions for mm-hmm. your customers, and so how do, I, how, do we, how do we remove these barriers of entitlement? And I think a lot of your recommendations mm-hmm. are really about you need to lean in your workforce and communicate with them mm-hmm. uh, in a different way. 
Well, we've really made our workforces very, very, um, you know, narrow and there's just not the extra manpower that we used to have, particularly in human resources. A lot of times people are coming into a company and no one sits down with them and truly explains the cost of them to the company. Right. Not their salary, not their benefits, but what the company is providing for them. Mm -hmm. I do have clients that are doing benefit sheets now and they truly lay out everything. People don't understand that the company pays a portion of Medicare and Social Security. That doesn't show up on your paycheck. So to really educate them coming in to say, this is what we're providing for you. This is what we're providing for you. This is what we're providing for you. But the next piece is, and this is what we expect you to do so we can take care of our customers. Because mm -hmm. if you don't add that customer piece, they're just thinking, well, why is it important? Mm -hmm. It's important because everyone is a customer to someone. If you want to be well cared for, make sure you're caring for your customers. So that education piece up front, but then managers have to keep reminding people, reminding them of the cost of business, reminding them the cost of errors, reminding them of the things that they could be doing for their company and for the customer. If we're thinking about other people, we tend to put more time and effort into it. Exactly. I think you'd be more appreciative too. And um, I know obviously coming into MB, we are an employee benefits company. So it was laid out very clearly mm -hmm. what MB was offering us. And it made me appreciate the company even more. And I'm like, wow, I had no idea this is what you're investing into me and it makes me feel like I need, I want to work harder for you to provide to our community and our mm -hmm. customers and coworkers. But Kenzie, when you joined the company, you were grateful because you were getting things you hadn't had before. Right. But you told me a story about what happens when you've been here for a while. Oh, yeah, we discussed this. I said, there's a giant um, bowl of mints and chocolates at the front door. And what if one day we walked in and they were gone? I would be very sad. I know that. I expect that. And I feel bad now looking back on it. I'm like, that's such a perk. Even that we've discussed before, there's toilet paper in the bathroom. They give us fresh fruit on Mondays. Like, if those things were gone, people would be upset. And it's, you shouldn't be. You should be grateful that you have it right then. And if it's gone, you should not expect it to be there every Monday. You I know? Will, we'll keep the mints in the Hershey kids. Please keep the mints in the Hershey <laughs> I wish everybody started in a true startup. Oh, yes. In a startup, people are bringing toilet paper into work because you can't afford it yet. And every single thing you get, you're grateful for. Like, wow, we have air conditioning instead of fans. Oh, my gosh, we're now paying part of the health care. Oh, it's, there's such gratitude. But over time, we sort of, we want a bigger adrenaline hit. Mm -hmm. We want something more. And what we need to start learning is to be grateful for what we have now. That's a manager's job to really be pointing that out. I'm grateful for the people I work with. I'm grateful that we have air conditioning, particularly this summer. Grateful that health care is available. Instead of, oh, well, they've got a better cube than I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I think the other thing, too, is, I mean, I think for leaders, too, is, you know, it's the small stuff. Mm -hmm. So um, in a lot of organizations, I mean, if you got to take out the trash, take out the trash. Yes. you got to pick up a leaf on, a, on the floor, pick up a leaf on the floor. There's a mess, clean it up. Mm -hmm. In other mm -hmm. words, um, there's a lot of people that think, well, other people do that. No, they don't. No. They don't. 
Uh, and if you can be um, gracious enough um, to lean in and do those things, because sometimes when we enable people, mm-hmm. that's when we entitle people. And we think Absolutely. it's love. It's, it's, it's actually, it's really selfish. Mm-hmm. And we're crippling them because now they, they kind of, it's like, oh, there's water in the bathroom. Wow, take a paper towel, wipe it off of the counter, yes. and leave the bathroom the way you found it. Do not get me started about the number of times I've walked into a bathroom and the toilet paper rolls are completely empty. And oh, there's yeah. toilet paper right there. So if you were, um, if we were an employer, and mm-hmm. we weren't McGill and Braybender, and we came to you and said, hey, we've got this entitlement, what are the three things that you would say, this is where you start, and here's three things you can... You, you, do. S- you start with the customer because everything in your company is designed around the customer. The hours of it, that the building is open, mm-hmm. the hours of contact that your customer is going to be coming to you. If you have a global customer, you're going to have people who have to be working at off time hours. There's no such thing anymore. We really are somewhat of a 24-7 type of environment. So telling them why this is why we have these policies is because of the customer. Mm -hmm. then really talking about what tools do we provide to you to help you take care of our customer. We have sick time because we want you to get healthy again. We have all of these electronic technology tools. I mean, every time you update Microsoft, that costs money. Every time somebody wants a new computer, that costs money. So what are the tools that we're giving you and how do we expect you to use them? Also, to have very specific goals, things that people have to obtain. Mm -hmm. And why? Because if we don't achieve our goals, we don't have money to invest in the employees and to invest in our customers. We don't tell those stories. And Scott, what you just said, model the behavior you want to see repeated. Lead by example. Mm -hmm. So in other words, what you're saying is it's not rocket science. No. It's not rocket scientists. But we believe that, well, why didn't they learn that in college? Mm-hmm. Or why didn't their parents teach them that? Or why didn't, you know, why do we have to do this? Because you were put in that place at that time to educate that individual to help them become better, to help them to serve our community better, to help our community, to help our world. So for us to say, oh, that's not my job, that's HR, or that's their manager, or that's their parents, or why didn't they learn? Why didn't they learn about return on investment in college when they have a business degree? No, you really, when an employee comes in, you have to assume they don't know what you want them to know. Yep, communication. So, yep. So those onboarding programs that we sort of did away with, those are important. I mean, Scott, you remember the days where people went through like a year of training before they went into their job in sales or manufacturing, et cetera. Oh, now we just throw them in the deep end. We throw them in the deep end. <laughs> we throw them in the deep end, and they don't e- they're not educated enough to be grateful. Yeah. And they're coming, we're, we're fighting the saturation of you deserve, you deserve, you deserve, you deserve. Well, it just takes, uh, really what we're hearing and everything you're saying is, it, it just takes... Um, the, the biggest commodity that we all have, it just takes time, eyeballs, mm-hmm. communication, and just talking to people. Can't thank you enough for, uh, for everything that you do. Mm-hmm. It's a really sensitive subject, 
So mm-hmm. people, when you say entitlement, they their mind splinters and goes a uh, myriad of directions. No, it's it's always them. Exactly. They're the ones that are entitled. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Mm-hmm. When all of us in some way or another really mm-hmm. do feel entitled. Yeah. So exactly. when so you say if you're going to point your fingers to the east, the west, the north, and the south, we should probably end up in the center of our chest. Mm-hmm. What, what so. is the old quote? Um, um, we have met the enemy... And he is us. Yes, exactly. Well, um, if you want to email uh, me, you can email me at scott at healthierbirthdays.com or Kenzie at healthierbirthdays.com. And thank you so much for being our guest. Uh, thank you and, for having me. Uh, and we're excited to, to have you back as well. We'll have you back for sure. Okay, perfect. And please do let the people at McGo and Braybird at Side Effects know. What are the topics you want to learn about? Yep. What are the things that are going on in your organizations or your families or even society that you need help with? And we'll answer those questions for you. Have an amazing day. Thank you.